Kevin Perry and Johnny Sig are back, and big-time boxing is back in Vegas this weekend when Canelo takes on Plant for the unified, undisputed IBF, WBO, WBC, WBA, Super Middleweight Championship of the World. Kevin, let's hit it. Hey Kev, how are we doing today, my man? Better, better now. <laughs> Technology, yeah. oh man! If you listeners could only know what it go, what we go through sometimes putting these things together. But I tell you what, speaking of technology and uh, all that kind of good stuff, I know you've been sent to hell recently on Fight Night. You know, against Isaac Cross. We'll talk about that later, but. Um, who do you think gets sent to hell in this major fight with Canelo versus Plant? Great fight. Um, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out if I could see a, a scenario where Plant wins the fight. Um, I don't know. I I, just, I don't know if he's going to be able to outbox him. Um, Maybe he's got to do something that's a little bit out of his character, something that Canelo's not expecting. Maybe try to come forward and push Canelo back. I, maybe that's the strategy uh, to beat Canelo because I think for the most part, he's just, his last few fights, he's just been the bully. And um, and I think in this fight, he's going to come in there probably with the mentality of the bully. And I think uh, if you can make Canelo go backwards kind of like how triple g did the first fight but i think that was more tactical on canelo's part because of triple g's reputation he um he didn't want to just stand in front of golovkin the whole time but i think by doing that he he wasn't getting uh triple g's respect as much and i think in the second fight just just those all attitude of how he approached the fight um i thought what won him the fight in the minds of the judges and um I think Caleb Plant probably needs to do that also, but maybe mix it up a little bit, the boxing in there, and then maybe do a little bit of the Andre Ward stuff where, you know, you come forward and then you push him back and you grapple him and you kind of frustrate him. Um, I, I think that's um, even like the old Bernard Hopkins kind of style. Just kind of mix up your attack and don't be so predictable. And um, I, I think that's his best opportunity for winning. And, and then obviously uh, – Stay out of harm's way. Don't be getting hit by clean shots, you know, a lot. Just, you know, be uh, as defensively responsible as possible. Let's unpack the opposition here. Um, you know, the opponents involved is that we got Canelo at 56-1 with two draws, 38 KOs, 64% knockout percentage. That's pretty okay. impressive. Um, his best wins, Kovalov, Jacobs, Triple G, Cotto, Mosley. Stands at 5'8", you know, went through multiple weight classes, um, I believe a four-time, you know, divisional champion. Um, his experience is tremendous, and you are absolutely correct about Canelo, is that, you know, he's been very aggressive of late. He's been a stalker, a great body puncher. You know, he goes after you. And I love the fact that he's, like, speaking English now and just cursing all the time. We'll talk yeah. about that more later. <laughs> but for Caleb Plant, okay, He's obviously the taller opponent, 
you know, has a knockout percentage rate of 57%. Not bad. 21 and 0, 12 KOs, age 29. His best wins are Wiscotti and uh, Truax. And Kevin you know, Perry. Kevin Perry. <laughs> you know, the, the thing about Caleb Plant, like, you know, um, he started at 160. Um, if we look at Canelo on the flip side, obviously started at around 140, 147 went to, and then now he is where he's at. And the thing about Caleb Plant is he's got a wonderful story. He's fighting on a lot of passion. Like he made like a promise to his uh, unfortunately deceased daughter that he would become a world champion in which he has. That's why we have a unification bout right now. This guy's got a lot of passion. Um, the intangibles. Okay. The things that I see here is that Canelo's experience though. However, passion is great, but experience, you know, pays off great dividends. So what do you think about that, Kev? Like, uh, how do you see the experience playing a factor or is this plant just that hungry? Wow, that's that's a lot to unpack there. Um is Plant hungry? Uh yeah, I mean he's well, I mean, he's not gonna be hungry after this fight because he's gonna make his biggest payday. But um <laughs> I I don't know. I mean it, there's there's so much information he gave me right there, and I think for the most part it's it's I don't think it's just it's even gonna come down to hunger or whatnot, because it's one thing to be hungry. Um, the bottom line is whatever fighter can execute their game plan um, the best will probably win the fight. And But at the same time, I think um, – I don't even think Canelo necessarily needs to execute his game plan to win um, because I think he's he has more wrinkles in his game. So if I think if he goes in there with a certain game plan that he has and it's not working – I think he's the one who can make more adjustments. I think from um, Caleb Plant's standpoint, whatever game plan he goes in there with, more than likely he's got to execute that game plan like pretty much to a T to win the fight <clears throat> because he's a guy with uh, less experience. So um, I don't see him kind of going in there with a plan A and it not working and then switching into plan B and C. He's just... Uh, Canelo's obviously uh, has what almost three times as many fights, and he's fought in multiple weight classes against world class opposition. I believe he's fought or beaten fifteen former world champions. Uh, I don't think Canelo or uh, Caleb Plants even fought one world champion, except for um, Caleb Truax, who was definitely way past his prime. So um, all the margin of error. Or, or basically, Plant has no margin for error, and Canelo can make you know make some errors and still pull off a victory. So that that's kind of how I look at the fight for the most part. Did did I, did I answer your question, or was I? Yes, you did. Excellent. Going points. somewhere else. I'm not. I'm no, not sure. no. Excellent points. What you know, 100% excellent points is that I think this fight is based on experience. You know, uh, you broke that down brilliantly. And, uh, you know, for Plant, though, here's the here's what's up. Against Canelo, Canelo has a hard time against pure boxers. Caleb Plant, he's definitely a pure boxer. And what happens with Caleb is that, you know, he puts a complication in front of Canelo, like an Israelanda Lara did, you know, a Mayweather does. And I'm not saying that, you know, Plant is on that level, but he is definitely a boxer. 
you know, and he's got a great jab. He goes out there, blue collar, you know, brings his lunch pail to work type of guy. Went through a lot of adversity in his life, but sticks to a game plan. And Canelo in the past has had a hard time with that. But now we look at this, is that does Canelo give him the opportunity in plant to do that? Because we've seen Canelo, and you mentioned it again brilliantly, about how aggressive Canelo is nowadays. Like, he is in that ass, bro. Like, he doesn't yeah. mess around. But, but, and, but Yeah, but I, but I think also um, part of that is since he's moved up in weight, he's been like, Kind of the shorter guy, but I mean, he's always kind of been, I guess you could say, a a pressure counter puncher, if that makes any sense. Um, but when you're the shorter man, I mean, you kind of do have to come forward. I mean, it's kind of hard to box from the outside if you have a, a height and reach disadvantage. You know, most of these 168 pounders are just naturally bigger guys. So um, as far as, you know, the dimensions anyways, uh, Canelo's pretty stout. He's pretty strong. So I wouldn't want to say they're bigger or stronger. But they're definitely their dimensions are, you know, they're longer uh, as far as their reach and their height. So um, Canelo has to fight a little bit more in the pocket. And these guys need to kind of stay on the outside, which um, which traditionally is the way that people look at boxing. If you're tall, you're supposed to fight tall. And if you're small, you're supposed to fight small. Um, but I think in this instance, um, it, it's almost like when you're you, – you just don't want to make you don't want to make the guy think that you're giving him too much respect. And I, I think from uh, the standpoint of Caleb Plant, I think in the first three rounds, he really has to get Canelo's respect as far as not necessarily punching power, but that he's the bigger man, that he's not afraid of whatever Canelo's going to dish out at him and make Canelo work for uh, the stuff that he gets. Not not just give him you know shots not let canelo kind of dictate um the pace that the fight is being fought at and i i think um maybe for plant to try to set a faster pace i, I know he hasn't been uh 12 rounds a whole lot so that might be an issue for him to uh know how to set uh the pace against somebody with more experience but um <coughs> excuse me but that that's something that definitely they're going to have to, you know, that hopefully they worked on in the gym. That's what I think this fight comes down to is experience, you know. And I looked at the last several fights of Canelo and, you know, my research and stuff like that in my mind's memory as well. And the thing about Canelo, like when he understands that he's got you a certain way and he starts like having fun, he doesn't play with his food. He eats it and he goes right after you and tries to eat you up body shots and this confidence this level of confidence and i've noticed like little like you know things with fighters that are actually big things like his eyes his eyes are focused on what he wants to do you can almost see it like it's like a flip of a switch and he goes right after you and he'll press you and he'll challenge you and he'll make you ask yourself questions about why you're here and I think that for Plant, that's going to be an issue. Now, I happen to like Plant a whole lot. His story, unfortunately, with his daughter passing and stuff like that. He's got a lot of passion. He's got a lot of reasons as to why. They call it the why factor. Why you want to do it. You know, and I believe he made a promise to his daughter that, you know, so, he so would So I'm win. sorry, just to interject there. When you say why, uh, reasons why he has a shot to win or reasons why he's 
gotten this far. Why he's doing it. Why he's doing it. Like, I, I really believe that it's a factor of his emotion and his passion for certain things that he started. Like, why he did it, probably loved boxing. And why he's doing it now, he's got an extra level of things, you know, uh, that he wants to put on uh, performance on Saturday night at T-Mobile in Las Vegas. You know, I think that a lot of it has to do with uh, a lot of emotion and passion and it might take him to the next level. I mean, he did promise his daughter he'd win a world title, and he did. And he, he still fights on in her honor. So that that's a committed dude. Like, think about back in the day. Remember Buster Douglas when he fought Mike Tyson? Wanted yeah. to do it for his mama. And guess what? He did it in that sum. He did it and went, and went all in on probably the biggest upset in boxing, or if not sports history, you know, in oh, Tokyo. Yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I so guess it's just, possible. Um, there's just something I want to interject. Uh, I think to me, the biggest, probably the biggest factor in the fighter, the thing that intrigue, or I, I don't know if it intrigues me the most, but I think it's a huge factor. Is um, I'm just curious how well Caleb Plant is going to be able to take Canelo's punches. I think, um, I think if he's able to take Canelo's punches uh, pretty well, I think that gives him a good chance of, of winning the fight just because uh, it's just going to be hard for him to execute his game plan if he's getting hit and he's kind of – because he's, he's a slick fighter. So he's somebody that, you know, you, you never see him get hit a whole lot. So that's like an X factor, something uh, that you don't know about, you know, as far as his character. For Plant, he's got to make Canelo miss and pay. That's what he's got to do. You know, he's got to stay strong with counterpunching. Uh, you know, for Canelo, I mean, we all know he's a great power puncher, like I aforementioned before, 64% KO percentage. That's high. That's really high. You know, I, any weight category, that's really high. So, you know, for Plant, he needs to stay away um, and get away and evade shots. That's obvious in boxing, but he needs to counter. If he does get away, he can't be afraid. He has to engage in fire, baptism under fire. What he needs to do is that if he makes Canelo miss, he has to make Canelo pay. And then what that does, it offsets Canelo in uh, trying to get his rhythm back and confidence back. Because if you make someone miss a lot, like look what Mayweather did to Canelo, okay? Yeah. You know, it made Canelo constantly have to, you know, reset, hit the reset button, reboot, and then try to get his confidence back. And then Mayweather made him pay a lot in that fight. And so Caleb yeah. Plant's got to, like, look at that fight very, very intelligently and deeply. And I think that's what he needs to do. At the end of the day, man, um, let's do predictions. I said I wouldn't do it, but I'm on a roll lately. I was messing up, but now I, I've had him right lately. Um, Kev, who wins? Um, I, I got, I got Canelo. Um, I got Canelo by decision. I think it's going to go 12 rounds. I, I think, um, I, I see plant making a decent account of himself the first few rounds. And I think defensively, uh, he's got enough, you know, he's got enough defensive savvy and enough size to, uh, make it 12. But I, I see, um, Maybe uh, eight rounds to four. I, I think that's somewhere around there. I, I think a lot of people are 
overestimating Canelo's punching power and they're picking Canelo by knockout, but I, I think it's going to go 12 rounds. You know what? I have to agree. I'm not just agreeing to agree, but I have to agree. I have it the same way. I think oh, it goes damn, 12 rounds. Damn, you agree yeah, with me. Man. Oh, I have man, to do I'm it. In, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> That's the same. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Anyone listening, go against it, especially if you were listening a month ago. Man, I was all sorts of wrong, I, was, but... I was trying to figure out a prediction that would go somewhere different than where you were going, but I'll, I'll give you a different look on it. My All perspective right. is I think okay, Canelo's... so so we so we both we both got uh Canelo by 12 round unanimous decision. Uh, we're gonna move on. Um, because I mean, there's only so much you could talk about this fight, uh, Canelo right. and, and Caleb Plant. Um, but we're, we're gonna go with the weekend review. Uh, because there was some good fights uh, this past weekend. Uh, we had a top rank card on ESPN Plus, uh, and we also had a great Showtime card uh, on Saturday as well. Um, competing cards, you know, like like how they 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 love to do in boxing. Um, which one do you want to talk about first? Which which one was? They're they're both were good cards. So, Jerron uh, Ellis. All right, oh, Jerron uh, Boots Ennis, welterweight, 147-pound prospect, TKO1 over Thomas DeLorme, tough Puerto Rican veteran, um, has a few losses on his record, been stopped a couple times before then, but first, I mean, two knockdowns, a second knockdown, DeLorme tried to get up, but, I mean, he was pretty much, uh, he was toast, Uh what do you think Ennis. of this guy, Ennis? Is is Ennis the real deal, or does he need to be tested more? Um, is he going to have to fight a top dog before he even gets tested? Uh, what, what do you think, John? I think Ennis is the real deal. 28-0, 26 KOs. Looked fantastic, strong, in a very strong weight category, too, at 147. You know, uh, a lot of guys uh, are probably going to duck and dodge this man, not in the ring, yeah. but outside of the ring. He's, he's like he's <laughs> like a a bigger version of because, uh, I mean, I could see this guy at middleweight in the next couple of years. He's like a middleweight version of Terrence Crawford. He, he could fight left handed. He can fight right handed. Um, he's fast. He's quick. He's 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 a better athlete than uh Terrence Crawford, uh, to be honest with you, from what I'm seeing, um, hasn't explosive. quite hasn't so quite explosive. fought uh, great opposition, but he's kind of making the opposition just look ordinary. So, I mean, you kind of have to take that into account. Um, Sergi Lipinets had never been stopped. He put that guy to sleep. Similar uh, outcome here. A tough, you know, solid veteran. Like Delorme, who usually could go rounds with uh, with most fighters, he went, I believe, ten rounds with uh, WBA welterweight champion Jordanis uh, Ugas a few years back. He went, uh, I think, twelve rounds with uh, Jamal James, who was on the the main event uh, for this card uh, a few fights back. So Delorme normally is pretty durable. He's been stopped twice, once by Terence Crawford, and then um, another time by some Argentine fighter. So. He's he's not somebody that just gets blown out every time out. I mean, he's a solid pro. Uh great great win for Ennis. Uh the uh the main event was a pretty good main event. Um Jamal James against I'm not even gonna try to 
<laughs> Try to pronounce the guy's name, Butev, uh, tough Russian guy, just landed right. body shots. A lot of low blows, too. But um, stopped uh, Jamal James, who I believe had never been stopped. So that was for the WBA regular uh, welterweight title. We know the real champion at uh, welterweight for the WBA is Jordanis Ugas, who just beat Manny Pacquiao. So, um, and then the so ESPN Plus had a, a wow another first round blowout in the main event, which was. I'm trying to or uh, Jose Cepeda, who was in the yes. fight of the year. Uh, was it last year? Was he fight of the year? I believe it was last year. Yeah, and I tell and you what, Ivan there was Baranchik, a- that five or ten knockdown, <clears throat> uh, six pa- uh, six round fight they had. Um, he knocked out undefeated prospect. Uh, what what was the prospect? Joe Josu Vargas, I believe it was his name. And there was a lot of first round. Knockouts. I mean, that was just a brutal knockout. <laughs> uh, the first bad. knockdown, uh, the Puerto Rican fighter got up, and then mm-hmm. the follow up barrage was just. I mean, it, 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 remind, it reminded me of uh, Ray Mercer and Tommy Morrison. I mean, it was one of those where there was about three or four unanswered punches, and it was almost like when he was getting hit, the punches were actually holding him up. From getting mm-hmm. knocked to the ground, and he was in a corner. I mean, it, it was vicious. Uh, great win for, you know, for uh, Jose Zepeda. Uh, definitely a solid contender at 140 pounds. De- definitely deserves a- another title shot. I just heard in the rumor mill that they're trying to put together a rematch with him and Jose Ramirez. Um, interesting fight. Um, and actually, they fought. You know, they they fought uh, a few years back, and um, Ramirez won, won the decision. I, I thought, I, I definitely thought Zepeda uh, pulled out. You know, the cl- uh, close victory, but you know, they gave it to the A side fighter. Um, what was your thoughts of the ESPN card? Did you get a chance to check it out? Yes, I did. Honorable mention: Nico Ali Walsh. Now, at oh he his... oh he was on the card too. Yeah, he's now two and zero. Got a. Uh, TKO round three, and he's campaigning at 160 pounds. I happen to know Nico on a personal level, um, and I've actually seen him fight amateur, and the kid is growing. He's growing really, really strong, and he's got a lot of ambition and passion. It was a great KO. And um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Is, is he local? Is He, uh, a he lives in Las Vegas. Vegas. Okay. Yeah, he lives in Vegas. Yep. Lives in Las Vegas, and a uh, great kid. Can, can we 20- get can we get him on the show, John? At some point, I would love to. Absolutely, absolutely. That sounds uh, you know, definitely need to start interviewing some local guys. Uh, yeah. Even uh, not not to kind of go into another tangent. Uh, local fighter, uh, Raleigh Romero. We'll we'll talk about him later. But but uh, continue, John. Yeah, Ali looks great, man. I mean, Walsh. You know, he he looks uh, awesome and. Uh, I got to say, like, I've seen him develop. Uh, I saw him fight amateur about four years ago. I have a friend that is friends with him, how I got in contact with him. And a great friend of mine um, uh, brought me out to a couple of amateur fights for, 
you know, Nico, and I've seen him develop, uh, and he's really starting to come into it. They call it the man strength. That's the thing that yeah. they say nowadays. And, and how, how old strong. is how old is he, John? And how many 20, amateur fights did he have? Twenty. He's twenty-one years old. The amount of amateur fights, I'm not really sure, but uh, he's starting to learn the professional level a, extremely well. Now, again, he's only two and zero, but he's knocked two guys out and very early. The first one at professional ranks was one round, I believe, and then this one was in the third round. So I mean, it's pretty impressive. A good start, you know. Uh, we also saw uh, young Holyfield lately. Like he was someone. Oh, Hol Holyfield looked uh, great the other day. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> right? He struggled a little bit that first round, but that knockout, wow. Oh, wow. my God. God, like when I saw that, I was like, "Oh man, that's in the, that's in the genes." And, um, and, and I don't want to be critical because, and you you know what? Um, a lot of people they they try to, uh, you know, when these guys are coming up, they're you know they got the big name behind them, you know, like Holyfield or Ali, and these these opponents were not bad opponents. I mean, these were pretty. I mean. Let's be Some honest. Some of them here. unbeaten. Some of them unbeaten. These guys are prospects. So, I mean, they're not going to be fighting killers right away. But as far as the opposition that you expect them to be fighting at this level, I think they're fighting, you know, the right level of opponents to get the, the proper experience. I mean, these aren't guys that they're just blowing over because they're terrible fighters. I, I think, you know, these guys look like they're pretty well schooled. I mean, that knockout that uh, Holyfield landed was. That, that was Sports Center highlight written all over it. Oh, man, it was amazing. And it's a great point you're making, too, because look back in the day, we didn't see people come out of the crib, you know, uh, meaning like we didn't see their first 10, 12, 15 fights until they started getting a name yeah. for themselves on television. Now we see people in pro debuts like on major cards on ESPN yeah. Plus, zone. So we're yeah. watching everyone develop. Like Shakur Stevenson is another yeah. – Great example. And, it, and like, it is and it is a lot of pressure, you know. Sometimes when fighters are coming up and they're fighting off of TV, um, it can be um be good for their development because you know they, they don't have the pressure, they don't gotta worry about, you know, all the stuff selling a ton of tickets or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, they just kind of can build themselves up in obscurity and then once they get to the level where they feel a little bit more comfortable, then they can kind of, you know, start you know, being televised and whatnot. So, um, but Let's for these guys, about... it's got to be difficult, you know, uh, just, just with the name attachment, Holyfield or Ali. I mean, that's just a lot of attention you're going to get um, re regardless of the ability you have. But these guys seem like for the level they're at, you know, they, they have a future, um, but it just remains to be seen if they're going to be world championship level or not. Um, but, you know, with these guys that have uh, probably limited amateur careers, you just you, you just kind of have to um, move them up in uh, kind of I wouldn't say baby steps, but you know, a little bit more care needs to be involved. You know, from from a promoter or manager standpoint. Let's talk about your boxing career, Fight Night Champion okay. on Xbox. Okay, uh, from what I heard, you got sent to hell by Isaac Cross. And so yeah. this is now. Well, I, I got I got I got knocked out about probably 15, 20 times in a row. <laughs> Jesus, you keep getting up though. No, nah, they, they, I'd never get up. I just I just hit reset. Oh no. I got a funny story for you. 
I was playing that game online, messing around, talking shit. And uh, you got to understand a lot of like people play this stuff regularly. Like me and Kevin, like we're blue collar guys. We have jobs, we have families, all that kind of stuff. So you jump on when you can. And I was feeling really confident on the leaderboards. Like I was starting to move up in the ranks. My guy was called Johnny Sig and okay. uh, campaigning at middleweight. And so what happened was um, I finally got to challenge the number one guy okay. after like dogging him, emailing him, trying to challenge him. And he, he wouldn't mess around with me. And then so finally one night, real late, 2 a.m., you know, it's just like me and him online. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get him. So I go in there. I talk so much shit to him on our headsets because I had I'm a total nerd with this stuff. So I got like a headset on, microphone set up, all this type of shit. I'm like, I'm gonna beat your ass. Your mom sucks. You know, I'm, I'm talking so much shit. First round, I drop him three times. I'm like, yeah, that's what's up, bro. Wow. I got you. You're out. You know. And then my fighter and he gets up three times. If the three knockdown rule was in effect, I would have technically won this fight. I'm still pissed off. So homeboy gets up. We go to round two. My fighter is exhausted because I threw like, I don't know, 2,000 punches in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> and my guy was dead. So as soon as we start the fight in round two, I throw a, a weak-ass jab. He just lands this bomb over my head. You know, and mind you, the whole time he did not answer back in the shit talking through the headset. He just kept okay. his mouth shut. He kept it honorable, whatever. So I get knocked out in the second round. The next day I go back to try to play again. And then I get an email four pages long from this guy about how much my mom sucks, how much my <laughs> life sucks, how much of a shit bag I am. And all this type of stuff. I'm like, wow. um, dude, it took my soul away from me. So the, the point of the story is no shit talking people because you have to be able to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just play against a computer. I don't play online. So whole nother world. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing it safe. Whole nother world. So I want to talk about this world of does Kevin care? We got some fights coming up. All right. All right cool. This is, this fights. is my favorite segment. <laughs> this is a great one all right great segment okay so demetrius andrade versus oh. jason quigley how do we feel about this coming up november 19th wow um and that's on his own yes thumb thumbs down don't like it no not at all i mean on andrade uh I guess he's getting paid, but they're kind of doing him wrong. You know, I think uh, Gennady Golovkin is going to fight Ryota Murata, uh in December. But Murata's a, a big draw in Japan. There's probably more money for that fight. But when is this guy going to get his just due? I mean, I know. I, I just, yep. but, you know, if, if you're making money, you're getting paid, you can feed your family, then, you know, I can understand, you know, at, at the very least, he, he is getting some, he's been a little bit more active. But these opponents don't do a whole lot for his career. So um, thumbs down on that one. Quigley is a decent fighter, but I don't see him uh, lasting the distance, to be honest with you. Just I too, agree. too stationary, too ordinary. No special effects, as Mayweather would say. So, yeah. <laughs> Great terminology. Uh -huh. Jaime Munguia 
versus Gabriel Rosado, November 13th. So this one's a little sooner okay. than the aforementioned. But uh, what do you think about this one? Um, not a bad, <laughs> not 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 a not a bad fight from a entertainment standpoint because Munguia he he makes good fights and so does Rosado. Um, but as far as the significance, not very significant. Uh, Munguia is the. WBO number one contender to Andre, but both guys are fighting next month against different opponents. So um, after those two fights, I want to see Munguia step it up and fight Demetrius Andre. I think that's a great fight. It's a great clash of styles. That's the fight I want to see. The two other fights I could care less about. Do you see that's what I'm smiling right now because that's exactly where I was going with this okay. whole scenario. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to be That's honest why. with you, I, I I totally forgot about those fights. So it's great that you brought them up, but uh, they're just it, it's it's an eliminator. I mean, that's what it comes down to. We want to yep. see Demetrius Andrade against uh, Jaime Munguia. Mm -hmm. That's the fight that, to make for the zone. That, that, that's why I brought him up. Now this one is an obvious one. Okay, but now I'm going to ask: Does Kevin want to pay? Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're going to change the segment. To from does Kevin care? Does Kevin want to pay? We got a pay per view, a big one coming up Crawford okay. versus Porter. I am going to pay for this. This is one hell of a fight. Would you pay for this fight, Kevin? Um, I would pay if I had like a few people coming over and kind of kicking in beer or uh, a few bucks. I would probably pay for it. I, I think it's do I think it's 80 bucks worthy? No, I think it's probably like a $50 pay-per-view. But to be honest with you, um, we've been around this sport for, I don't know, 15 probably years or so. 20, 15, at least. 20 years, yeah. Um, you longer because you fought in the amateurs, but I've been covering this, this sport since probably 2005. Mm -hmm. So, um, and... And I'm just saying from a media standpoint, I covered since 2005, but I've been watching boxing most of my life. And some of these fights that are on pay-per-view now, I mean, they would have just been like regular HBO or HBO After Dark in the early 2000s. Wow, so don't get me started. So on if you HBO make that comparison, I mean, yeah. this is really not pay-per-view, but as far as what else is out there, um, yeah, it's and, and what the amount of money these guys are demanding, it's, it's pay-per-view, so... Well, you come over my house. I'll pay for it. You bring the beer. All right. And that's it. <laughs> you know, I'm buying this thing. Sounds I good. love Sean Porter, you know, and I also love Terrence Crawford. Both guys uh, I admire highly, like uh, for different reasons. You know, Terrence Crawford obviously is a very versatile fighter, goes conventional to southpaw, has great angles and looks, um, kind of a slow starter. But when he gets it going and gets that confidence going and, and finds your rhythm and gets his trajectory of shots into play, he becomes a monster. And for Sean Porter, he's the most consistent guy I see in boxing. He fights the same way every time, win or lose. He always brings what yeah. he brings. Well, I mean, at, at the very least, he he comes to fight. I mean, he there, comes there's no, to fight. There's every no dispute time. there. You're not going to see Sean Porter go in there and if. Uh, He's losing a couple rounds. He starts to get frustrated and just packs it in. He's going to keep coming. Um, 
Oh, he, he will stop. walk. He will walk through fire to um to to win the fight. I mean, he, he will definitely make the effort that's necessary. He'll try to make adjustments, whatnot. I don't see him beating uh, Terrence Crawford, but I think he's. I think he has a chance. I mean, I, oh, I definitely he, think he's going he's gonna try to win. I just don't see him pulling off the victory. Absolutely has a chance. I love the fact that he uh, steamrolls. He, he fights like a linebacker, uh, fights with a lot of passion and commitment, and he fell short on a lot of his big opportunities, but just a little short, not like majorly short, yeah. you know? Well, I, I, I thought I thought he was beaten by Spence pretty decisively. I know it was a split decision, but I, I thought he lost that fight pretty clearly. Okay. So, I mean, you, if you look at that, Spence is also a master you know, performer and boxer, obviously athlete. Yeah, and I, I thought he probably beat Keith Thurman. Um, I thought he, I thought he lost decisively to Kell Brook. Yes, he did uh, the lose fight against yep. the fight against Danny Garcia. I thought he won that fight. Um, I thought that was a clear eight to four, uh, seven to five type of fight. So mm -hmm. he hasn't been in any fights where he's gotten blown out, but um, he's been competitive in every fight that. He's been That's in, my point. So. He's always competitive, and it's like you see certain fighters, they make excuses, you know? Like they say, like, well, my night, I was a little off tonight or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think um, I don't want to go into this fight too much now because I think we're going to talk about it again later down the road. But Of course. Um, I just want to just add one thing. Um, my assessment, um, intangible, I guess you could say. I think Sean Porter is going to be surprised at the physical strength of Terrence Crawford. Um, just, just let me leave it, leave it at that. Great point. Great point. A lot of great points. Okay, so we unpacked Canelo versus Plant coming from Las Vegas on Showtime pay-per-view. And I'm not getting paid to say that, even though I did say it well. Again, for the IBF, WBO, WBC, WBA, Unified. So does Kevin, does Kevin pay is what you're asking me? Does Kevin pay? <laughs> you, you, you going to be buying this pay-per-view? You want to come over on Saturday? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm getting it. Okay. Um, I, do I think flights. it's worth it? Um, well, the undercard is horrendous. So that's oh, one horrible. thing that, that we didn't talk about, but I don't even want to go into it. It's just it was pathetic. There's no point to talk um, about it. Is it worth <laughs> and what's the price tag? A hundred probably ninety dollars. I don't know. Oh, actually, uh well well just just to kind of change the subject a little bit. Uh the ticket prices for the arena, um eight hundred dollars to sit in nosebleed seats. I mean, it's just where are these people getting money from? Wasn't everyone out of work for like two years? That's another topic for another day. Um, I think some people they, they save up their money and um so maybe they don't go anywhere all year, and they save up sixteen hundred bucks, and that's the only night they go out all year. You know. And so, so we have a load watch here. They shoot their load. You know, there's like here it is. You know, and they start burning money. I mean, maybe they're working again. Good for them. You know. And so 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 if in. you spend so if you spend eight hundred dollars on uh, tickets for a Canelo fight, does that include free beer, or do you get still no. got to buy? You still got to buy the beers? You get nothing. You get nothing. Yeah, I, get... I, 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 I just went to uh, T-Mobile Arena. Well, actually, this is at MGM Grand, so it's a different arena. But Canelo's, I think, last fight was at T-Mobile uh, 
Yeah, I, I thought it was T-Mobile, but yeah, you know, I was right. I was MGM, just yeah. there uh, for a hockey game, and those those beers aren't all that cheap. I mean, sixteen dollars for sixteen a beer bucks. Or, I was gonna yeah. say like you know, and they, and which, they don't and they don't they don't, uh, and it's card only. Which, exactly, which really sucks. But it's yeah. like you know, I'm a cash money type guy, so it's like I, I go up to the counter, be like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a Miller Lite draft, please. They're like $16. I'm like, I only meant one. They're like, yeah, $16. I'm like, you all suck. <laughs> yeah. And $800, like we bitch about like pay-per-views being like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And sometimes you don't get your money's worth. Imagine you spend $800 or travel to come to Vegas for a particular fight. And that fight sucks. I guess, I guess, yeah, I, I guess it just, uh, well, that was like Manny Pacquiao and uh, Floyd Mayweather when people were asking for their money back. You know, you remember that whole fiasco. Oh, of course. That That's the point I was kind of alluding towards. Or if a fight gets canceled, imagine like yeah. you travel all the way across the pond or wherever you come from, put up a room, go out in Vegas, gamble, most likely lose money. <laughs> and then next thing you know, like fights canceled. Wow. Yeah, so... So just to sum that up, uh, pay-per-view, would I pay for the pay-per-view? I'll let you pay. <laughs> Again, bring the beer. And, and, the, and, the and the tickets? No, no way. No, 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 no. Well, well you know, me, me, me and you are uh, we're, we're kind of spoiled because we've covered boxing for years. I mean, I've covered... I don't know how how many fights. I I think uh, maybe the next show we'll do a segment where we can kind of talk about some of the best fights that we've covered as uh, you know, boxing writers, uh, journalists, because uh, mm -hmm. there's been many. Um, I have a bunch of the uh, back here. Uh, let me grab one just real quick. Yeah, for me, um, I already know I have like a at least five to ten that come to mind, and I probably did about 20, 20 events. And uh, I got to go back to my Jersey roots with that because uh, Arturo Gotti, I had the honor and privilege to uh, cover a lot of his fights, and they were always special and they were always big events. Arturo Gotti, rest in peace. Well, they're, they're they're not quite coming off, but one I just saw on there was Andre Ward against Arthur Abraham. Wasn't the greatest fight in the world, but I was ringside, so that was kind of cool. It's amazing when you're ringside. Yeah. like And I, I was ringside for Andre Ward versus Carl Froch. Oh, uh, that's great. Oh, dude. Let me tell you something real quick. You know, and this is kind of like a setup for maybe uh, a future show that me and Kevin do randomly about covering fights ringside is that I went out there for uh, ring talk via uh, Pedro Fernandez, the great Pedro. And so I get virtually like front row press. Okay. And this is amazing. And I actually yeah. had a photographer with me, right? And they took still shots of what Andre Ward did to Carl Frotch that night. And if you see these pictures, Kev, I can actually share these with you. I still have them. Yeah. The, the form of Andre Ward, like the jab at that time yeah. and everything was picture per like literally picture perfect is that and i told pedro he's like he looked great huh you know after after the fight when i was pressing the article and whatnot um and then i did radio the next day and i was like pete i'm like 
He is nasty good in there, man. Like Carl Froch had nothing for him. Nothing. That jab was like probably one of the most ridiculous things. Andre Ward, great fighter. That stands out to me. It's, it's not an amazing fight, but as far as the performance goes, yeah. that it's funny you mentioned him. He he when you see him live, it's different than on TV, people. It's very different. You you see a whole lot of stuff there. And uh the confidence yeah, he's, level. He's, yeah, he's, he pretty much neutralized um, everything that Arthur Abraham, I remember, was trying that's to do. That's what he is, did to Carl Frotch. Yeah. Carl Frotch couldn't do anything. That's, that's his greatest <laughs> asset is neutralizing uh, his opponent's weapons and just kind of turning him into um, basic, ordinary fighters. They make as, him like yeah. – As good as those fighters are. Um, yes, sir. And, and anything else you wanted to nah. – uh, that, that that's it. I mean, I hope everyone enjoys the fight. Uh, let us actually know your this thoughts. this this right here, John. I don't know if you can see there. Uh, this was nice. Kevin, I got it. This was Kevin Perry at NASCAR. Uh, oh shit! You went to yeah. NASCAR. That's I yeah. I, co I covered NASCAR uh, last year, right like right before the pandemic, and uh, that was a, a great event. I was doing some uh, video stuff over there. Uh, some stuff for a radio station out here. So that was, that was I, I, cool. I always wanted to go to one of those events, man. But hopefully at some point soon. And I want everyone to enjoy this event this weekend coming up. Once again, Canelo versus Plant. You know, for the undisputed. Okay, yeah. this is a big deal. This is a very <laughs> fucking big deal. I got to use the F-bomb. Um, unification at 168 pounds. Kevin, this was great, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, it was a really good show. Uh, we had like probably like a three-week hiatus. The last uh, show we did was Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder review. Um, and glad, glad to be back. Uh, Got definitely uh, do do a, a, a post-fight show. We'll try to do that. Oh, uh, immediate reaction. Immediate Saturday reaction. Yeah, hopefully Saturday night. So, uh, and me and Kevin will be buzzed, and it will be even better than ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> So Saturday night, Kevin's coming yeah. over to my house. We're going to watch the fight, get nice, <clears throat> excuse me, and lit for everyone and give you our thoughts. Yep. Good, good times as always. Cheers. Cheers.